This is Kate Beckinsale. You're listening to Bacon Sale. Our names are Joel, Kent, Zach, and Stephen. Listen to us at your own risk. We're a podcast. We work out of a bacon cave somewhere in Utah. As far as we know, we're the only Kate Beckinsale-obsessed bacon-based podcast in the country. Hmm. You can find us on your favorite podcasting app under Hickory Smoked Pop Culture. <laughs> Believe it or not, no one wanted that tagline. You'd be surprised how many people don't agree with our opinions. This is Bacon Sale. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> That's, That's actually, we should start every episode like that. Very <laughs> specific. Very descriptive. Yeah. Do you think we are like the, the biggest uh, bacon Kate Beckinsale-obsessed Beckinsale podcast? Yeah, you think so? 100%. Have we looked into that? Yeah, if we're not, we need to step it up. True. <laughs> Welcome to Excel. I'm Joel. I'm Kent. And I'm Zach. We'd like to thank you for listening to our last show, our Muppet Show! Yay! <laughs> we really do appreciate your feedback on that. We had a great time doing it. Totally. And Muppets uh, Muppet Show is now on Disney+. Plus. Yeah. So if you have it, you can watch all five I'm seasons and enjoy it. it. On Instagram, Darth Vernacular said, your opening was masterful. Yes. Yeah. On Facebook, Christy Barber said the episode art is tier one. Yeah. Uh-huh. So there's a lot of good stuff there. They didn't say anything about the actual episode, though. It's like the intro <laughs> and the art's good. Yeah. The Everything in between. Was, was fine. That hour 27 in there. <laughs> and Valerie Loveless Ilguth said, great show. The intro was so fun to hear. It instantly put a smile on my face. Aww. I want to add that Jim Henson's biography by Brian J. Jones is a great book to learn about more about the Muppets. Mm-hmm. Also, Zach, I would totally watch Muppet Treasure Christmas. Because you said that. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. 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 But my favorite was uh, definitely from Abe. I hope you guys saw this yeah, one. Yeah. Great. So he, hey, fellas, thank you for this episode. My eight-year-old son is a huge Muppets fan, and he is doing a report on Jim Henson. He can tell you almost every detail of Jim Henson's life. We listened to it on the ride home from St. George, and he loved every second. He's giving an oral report on Jim Henson this week and even got some more tidbits of info from all of you to share. Perfect timing. If he gets an A, he will. I'm giving you three all credit. Yeah. Yes. From the principal, too. It, yeah, right? Yeah. It's like I've said, you know, Bake Cell is a great road trip podcast. It's pleasing for everyone in the car. If you're going on a road trip, listen to Bake Cell. Joel, they're already Make listening. Make the other they're, passengers they're, they're listen. They're listening already, okay? Listen! <laughs> yeah, but all you need is one person to get the whole car load. Oh, that's to Wait, true. who's that? Hey! hey! We have a guest. Hey! We have a guest here. Hi. Stephen Ross, welcome back. Hey, thank you for having me back again. The last time we had you on was episode 219, Celebrity Mix-Up Matchup, back in August of 2019. Wow. Remember Did what life was like back then? Oh, Happy. Does that mean uh, you gained a, a this or that question since then? Okay, Stephen, so we have to update. Since we asked you most of the questions last time, we're going to ask you one question And I'm pretty time. sure he agreed with me most of the time. How to lose a guy in 10 days or 10 things I hate about you? 10 things I hate about you. Yeah. <laughs> I like him. <laughs> uh, but no, last time you were on, you actually were very, very kind to come on the show because Jacob wasn't able to make it to that to that episode. And so you stepped in as Discount Jacob, as we called you. Oh, yes, yes. And did a fantastic job. So thank you for that. And it's more of an upgrade, I would say, at this point, because you're here and Jake is not. <laughs> oh. <laughs> is he? Is he? It just seemed harsh. <laughs> but welcome uh, back. But speaking of upgrades, don't we have an upgraded patron to we mention? We do. Uh, Christine Western. Hi, mm-hmm. Mom. <laughs> Zach's mom has upgraded to be a tier one patron. Nice. Thank you, Christine. We really do appreciate it. And your son's awesome. But Christine now has access to behind the bacon posts where we get to see like like the song. You know, yeah, that's, the that's a Muppet tier two one. takes. Yeah, the Muppet two takes. We, we did that. You get some Muppet two takes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. You get some uh, wallpaper uh, that Kent designs mm-hmm. uh, exclusive for patrons. You get some merch and you get uncut episodes when they air. So yeah. it's a good time if you're a tier one patron. And Christine Western, we really do appreciate it. 
Um, speaking of merch, she uh, I, I saw her uh, the other day, and she had a Queenie's Grits phone case. What? What? Yes, it was Wait, so we good. sold some Queenie's Grits merchandise? Yeah. <laughs> that sounds great. I love those phone <laughs> cases. <laughs> oh, yes. Anyway, but that's not what we're talking about today. What are we talking about today, Zach? That is a good question. I don't really know what we're talking about Give today. Give it a shot. What do you think we we're talking about? We're talking about the Dresden Files. That's correct. Yes. Yeah. You got it's the a, name right. It's a book series, yes? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. yeah it's a fantastic book series. I, I don't, okay. Zach, I don't what, know why everybody just What's it about? Uh, yeah. So Harry Potter. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Let's explain the format as we normally do these shows. You're, well, at least give our background to this. Mm-hmm. So, for example, uh, Zach has never read the book, so he doesn't really know anything about them. Oh, no concept other than what I put together for the intro, which we intentionally kept him in the dark. So we want him to be kind of the everyman of the show. Yeah. Kent. Up until two weeks ago, I knew nothing about it other than the fact that there was a TV series, but had never seen it. And so I listened to the first book, and so that's where my knowledge is. At the moment. Did you know it was a book series too or just a TV uh, yeah, series? Yeah, I knew it was a book series. Okay. And then for me, I actually read uh, six of the books is what I've decided. When? Okay. Back in the kind of the, I want to say late 2000s. Okay. Yeah. So I, that was around the time that a, a buddy of mine gave me the books and I read them. So, and then Stephen, let's talk to you for a second. I actually discovered the, the book series a few years ago, but um, it, it was probably around the time you were reading because I remember you mentioned... Harry Dresden on one of the Bacon Sale episodes. I don't remember which one it was. I did? You did. Wow. Um, I think it was in reference to uh, magic using because ah. it's the uh, he, he uses a couple of particular spells quite often. Yes. So, Which we'll get into. Um, but I was going to say, are you a big fan of books and reading and things like that? Is that kind of your thing? Well, or? my history is I'm like, I've had a, a lot of books like my mother loves to read to the family Mm -hmm. and she did such a fantastic job so she would start out reading a lot of books um, to us and then um, as a teenager I discovered uh, Dragonlance novels you know I remember those very definite fantasy in-depth dragons and the barbarian the whole group meeting at the end and the go out to do adventures and stuff and so that was kind of my base as far as uh, my teenage years but uh, as I got older were you a popular teen (laughs) <laughs> what, what kind of question? Whoa. Listen, I mean, Dragonlance, I, right I mean, Sword of Shannara, that's what I was reading, and I wasn't very popular, so... <laughs> well, I gotta you're say... You're not now. Calm down. <laughs> in all honesty... I got a podcast. I think I could probably talk my friend Dave into listening to this, and yeah, I, I had several friends, a few close ones. The thing is, they weren't all friends together. It's not like I could have done a podcast with all my friends, because... They didn't, they didn't really like then? each other. They didn't <laughs> yeah. know they, I get that. There's like a different, not the overlap over all of them. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so you had the foundation of this fantasy novel series. So, yes, yes, the fantasy novel series, and then kind of dropped off a little bit reading. Um, you know, I mean, life, after book it, you don't really read anymore. Yeah, right? exactly. I'm not getting get pizza credit. for this. Exactly. No. There, there, there's no side benefit for me reading. I mean, actual I like enjoyment. The, the book it club. Do you know what that is? Like? What? The Pizza oh. Hut. Oh, you read didn't get pizza. Pizza Hut gives yeah. you if you, you read so many books, you get a sticker that you go get. Yeah, I think they did something like that when I was in school but it was like an apple or something. An, an apple? apple? Yeah, that's not motivation. Like either. an iPod? No. Gen Zer? <laughs> like an <laughs> actual apple? Thank you. <laughs> but things took a turn uh, when, uh, you know, you, you go on a long road trip. Mm-hmm. And I was married, and I, I said to my wife, "Hey, I like how you were surprised by that." <laughs> my, my, but I was married, I was married, and I thought, "Hey, this is fantastic! I bet I could get my wife to read to me while I drive." 
Oh. Nice. And she lasts a half a book, and she's like, my throat's sore. I don't... There's this thing called audiobooks, where a paid reader will read yes. to you. But it, those aren't even done in one sitting, I'll have you know. That's true. Your voice that's gets true. really raw reading out loud. But And that's that's where it came from, is that somebody gave us the audio... They bootlegged some audio tapes for okay. Harry Potter. Oh, do guys, okay. Do you guys still call them books on tape, even though they're, like, digital now? Yeah. No. I, really? Audiobooks. I've converted over, but yeah. only recently. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm the same as you. Zach. Yeah. I was, I uh, actually was recently hired to do some video work. And every time the lady would text me, like, okay, you're going to tape tonight. I'm like, no, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and, and people, and this isn't me, because I believe that if you listen to an audiobook, it counts as reading. It doesn't people, count. People will say it doesn't yeah. count. Because I always not- feel like it's three quarters of being as smart as if you read the book, because <laughs> you're not quite there, because you kind of cheated. But how do you cheat? It's literally like having someone read a book to you. It doesn't count. Because you're not but it using is a different experience. I feel like you read something differently than you hear something. It's the full because I can drive in the car for a half hour and listen to something, and my mind wanders. But if, well, same thing if I read too. Because exactly. I'm skipping pages over. Okay, it's the same. It's the same thing. If you listen to an audiobook, you've read the book. Exactly. For example, I have an audiobook on the um the it's the biography of Calvin Coolidge. Mm-hmm. Right. No, nobody reads that. No. But I listen to Riveting. it. And I think Isn't Calvin that by Coolidge. Dan Brown. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, so I made the conversion to, to listening to, to audio, and I found that, that my brother Laren is correct when he said that I'm easily entertained. Okay. Because I've listened to Twilight a couple of different times. <laughs> you listened to the books multiple times? Yes. He's married? I'm married, and my wife and I, for 10 years, would carpool together. We drive from Saratoga Springs all the way to downtown Salt Lake for those of, you know, for the that's, listener that's, that's a good not 45 here. 45 minutes. Yeah. yeah. In traffic. And we used to have our babysitter in Woods Cross. Which is wow. north of Salt Lake. So north that's another 20, 30 minutes. And that adds the extra traffic on going yeah. both ways. So we had a lot of time in the car. And at that point, you know, newly married, not a lot of money. So we would, we had a few that we would listen to. You know, your local often. library will check them out to you for free. Yeah, we Joel, discovered stop that. Stop with the library thing. <laughs> Bacon Sales brought to you by the library. <laughs> yeah, it should be. Bacon hey, Sales. The couple that listens to Twilight together sparkles together. Okay. It took you that long to come up with that? Yeah, just barely. <laughs> Joel knows my mind. <laughs> so, which again, I like it. Like I said, I'm easily entertained. So those were I, enjoyable. And so when a lady offered me a whole bunch of more CDs, mm-hmm. you know, she, just random ones. Yeah, like she's like, books. I, she had like eight or ten books. She's like, here, take these. And then of course, it all took off when I got uh, a certain subscription service. Audible. Um, yeah, yeah. You could say it. Not a oh, sponsor. Not a sponsor. I mean, it could be if we the asked library them, is, but yeah, yeah. yeah. And that was 2012 is when we got it. And I've got over our, uh, I mean, both my wife and I use the same account. So it's over 200 titles now. Yeah. And so. So um, what led you specifically to a book called Stormfront? Which is the first book of the Dresden Files. Or was that the first book? Yeah. Stormfront was the first book. And uh, it was the first book that you read. Yes. Okay. Well, I didn't read it. And the reason I didn't read it is because James Marsters, who plays Spike on Buffy the Vampire Slayer, reads it to me and well it reads the wrong word he acts and like that, that's what i feel like he puts a lot more emotion into it rather than just somebody straight you have know. you guys noticed by the way that some readers of stories are really good about making themselves sound like different characters and others you just laugh every time they mm-hmm. try to do a different voice yeah 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 it's save it for he, our book narrator show for our audiobook <laughs> show uh so how does james Ma- masters do Marsters, um, Marsters, 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 Aragorn. Yeah. Um, well, he started out um, 
he started out like after a few books because there are 17 of these plus 17 Dresden file books. Yeah. That's a lot of books. Yeah. And he's done all of them. Well, he missed one. And uh, John Gulliver, who plays uh, uh, Lionel Luther from Smallville. Yes. Lionel Luther from Smallville. Wow. Mm-hmm. And I know. Random. That all was, of the fans. <laughs> they were both on Smallville, too. Oh, which yeah. Which is interesting because you play Brainiac. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Um, but Save for our Smallville show. <laughs> That'd be a cool show, I've actually. I've never seen it. Uh, we'll talk about it later. Yeah. No, that's it's all right. But um, yeah. And then um, there was such a fan outcry. Not that not that John Glover did a bad job. It's mm-hmm. just it, he wasn't it's not the same. Harry. Right. And so. Oh, he's the bad guy from uh, Gremlins 2, isn't he? Yes. Clamp. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So he, yeah, yeah, he didn't do a terrible job, but he, he uh, enough of the fans were like, "That's not Harry Dresden." Okay, yeah. bring him back. So he re-recorded. Uh, That's the, a good gig, honestly. So you've yeah. read you've read all the novels or listened to, or listened yeah. to. It counts. It counts. Same when it comes uh, to audiobooks. Exactly. Same thing. I was gonna so say I, thing. I only I listened to the first like couple minutes just at, to get that intro from the beginning. And so I literally have three minutes context on this. And uh, that's the, the guy who read all of them, right? So Zach, yeah. once again, so Zach, what's I, it about? This is what we want to hear. It's, uh, well, he Give was, us a synopsis well, of what so it's about. All, all I, literally, first three minutes, he has an interaction with uh, like a, 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 a postman. And he explains that he is like basically a wizard detective, it sounds. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Stop there. Yeah. I feel like that's good. right. Yeah. Because having read the one book, I would say he's a... Wizard detective or a wizard private eye, but it's a procedural mm-hmm. where he works with a, a female cop or detective mm-hmm. to solve supernatural crimes. And there's something darker happening in a bigger world, but magic exists in this world. That's yeah. kind of what I pictured the series to be. Yes. So then I'll expand it further mm-hmm. uh, since we're going this progression yeah. here. Having read all the novels. So I was introduced to these by uh, Jason Wilde, a friend from uh, Quick Wits. Thanks, Jason. And he explained it to me as, what if Harry Potter grew up and was a lot more serious and had like a noir feel to it? Like an auror, auror. But more like, he's a real, yeah, not an auror, because he's not in the magical world. He's in the real world. Nice track, Ken. What is it? And Aurora? What? Words, words are hard for me. We all know. The real juror. Um, <laughs> so then I started reading them, and this book is essentially... Uh, a private detective story. A noir story. Yeah. Oh, it's, yeah, like, yeah. It's, a, it's like a traditional kind of tri- private detective story, but there's elements of magic to it. He's a, he's a real life wizard mm-hmm. living in a world where people don't believe in magic things. And so like a lot of people are skeptical about him. But the the weird thing is having recently watched the Harry Potter movies yeah. uh, with my kids just recently. And this is that Harry Potter... Magic kind of fixes everything. Like you pull out your wand, you have a spell for everything and it can do everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Dresden Files is much more grounded in that wizards have a limited amount of power. And frankly, he uses a lot of the sp- same spells over and over and over again. Like there's this one, uh, a Ventus Servitus, where he'll be like, Ventus, Ventus Servitus. And it makes just wind blow, like big gusts of wind. He uses that often. Like that's his signature spell. So he's limited in skill? Everyone is like, okay. kind of, like magic is not as all powerful. Okay. And which makes it a lot easier. Cause then you can't just wave your wand and everything's okay. It's like, you got to figure out how to deal with stuff both mentally and magically and physically. And so that's why I liked it because it wasn't, and I like the Harry Potter series too. Like, you know, I do. I love mm-hmm. it, but it wasn't as easy to get out of situations. Okay. Uh, and so, yeah, he's a private detective who puts his name in the paper as a wizard and there's, it's funny because... Wizard for hire, sort of thing. Yeah, basically okay. a private detective, but it has wizard powers. Yeah. But the funny thing about it is, 
the book series, like I said, I've read about six books, but some elements have stuck with me, like that I still remember and I still recall and I still reference in daily life. Really? Yeah. Okay. So, so Stephen, build on that. So, well, is there more to the world? Yes. Yes. Well, you, and and I like I like that we're we're discussing the very beginnings because the ad that he has in the paper is Harry Dresden Wizard Lost Items Found Paranormal Investigations Consulting Advice Reasonable Rates No Love Potion Endless Purses Parties or Other Entertainment. Yeah. So and it's so, kind of this, he can be a clown at your party. Or he so, can solve a paranormal investigation. So for a certain fee, but a small fee, so he can do a lot for you, but just not the, the yeah he, he doesn't the genie you know, stuff yeah no, no, none of this none of this uh, you know hey I just need an endless purse of of money so right yeah um, picture and, and, Spider Man in Spider Man Two where he's just struggling to get by because mm-hmm. he has these powers but they don't fix all his problems yeah. okay which is funny because Jim Butcher writes a Spider Man novel which I I have that one too it's great anyway oh who's um, Jim Butcher. Before we get oh, to who's uh, Harry, Dr- Jim, Harry Dresden, Jim Butcher is the author of mm-hmm. this novel, and he he describes Harry as a uh, an action wizard. You're right. The first book is very noir. He, yeah. he crosses Humphrey Bogart with a wizard, and, and not like don't picture like a wizard, like a gray beard, Dumbledore, Gandalf kind of guy. Picture more like Aragorn. Yeah, I picture because I read uh, the Dark Tower series. Here's some <laughs> yeah. deep dive. We don't want to get too deep divey on this show. Yeah, this but is an introduction type. It's thing. like the gunslinger, but a detective. Yes, he's got like long flowing hair. He just looks super cool. Doesn't really fit trench coat. Trench coat doesn't really fit in the style of any time, mm-hmm. but is still have like a, a mystical look about him. Yeah. Yes, and and um, it is. Uh, I would consider it a little bit more hard magic than than Harry Potter soft magic. You know, there's not really any explanation on how Harry Potter does his stuff, but Jim Butcher, for the first several um, novels, spends a lot of time talking about when... The the power of names. Yeah, the power of names. Or um, hair or blood. Ingredients in the potion that match the five senses in the mind and something to draw them together. And if they get one of those magic softeners, they can actually make their hard (laughs) magic into soft magic. (laughs) And it's really quite pleasant. It flows much nicer. It does, yeah. Yeah. Uh, now, the funny thing about Jim Butcher is that he, when he was a kid, he had strep throat and his sisters actually read uh, Lord of the Rings and the Han Solo adventures to him. And that kind of got him interested in fantasy. Oh, the Han Solo sci-fi. thing makes a ton of sense. And so he had this fascination with science fiction and fantasy and he wanted to write these really like deep fantasy books, like mm-hmm. high, high fantasy, I think is what they call it, where yeah. it's just like, you know, completely out there, magical world type stuff. And it wasn't working. He was at the age of 19. He wrote a novel and he basically called, he said, wrote three books and they were all terrible. And then he rolled in a writing class in 1996 and his teacher kept trying to get him to kind of follow the formula. And he was kept fighting against it, fighting against it, fighting what, against serialized it. novels or well, just kind of like the, the writing trips, t- uh, tips and tricks okay. that people use in novels, like these more trocal things. Sort of yeah. Stuff, yeah. Yes. And so he said, I got t- finally got tired of arguing with her and decided just to write a novel as if I were some kind of formulaic genre writing drone just to prove to her how awful it would be. And I wrote the first book of Justin Files. Oh, wow. Actually, I, he, he wrote the first three chapters uh-huh. and he took them into the, the teacher and uh, he said she was very personable. And she, she was the type of person, if you didn't do a good job, she'd roll up the thing and hit you on the head. Do better. Okay. And she said, these are great. I want the rest of it. So he went home. And he pounded out an outline for all 20 novels. So he had huh. a plan. Okay. He writes out this, this plan for 20 novels. And his teacher, no, I just wanted you to finish the novel. 
and and not to crush his spirit. Yeah, not to crush his spirit. She was like, okay, well, I I don't know that you're going to get anything published when you go to a publisher and say, hey, I've got a plan for twenty novels. Um, but he did indeed plan out twenty novels, and I think that's that's one of the other selling points is because there are so many. It allows some detail to come out in each well, one of these books. And what okay. I was going to say is this kind of pulls a Game of Thrones trick. Because he wanted to write high fantasy, but instead he wrote kind of this grounded noir private detective novel with some magic in it. And much like Game of Thrones, it started out as kind of this medieval drama. And then you get little bits of magic and craziness. And by the end, you're fighting ice zombies in Game of Thrones. In Harry Dresden... Spoilers. I didn't say where. Uh, and I, I didn't say I who have, killed. I have no clue. Yeah, But in Harry Dresden, it starts out kind of this private detective thing, but he keeps kind of putting a little more into each novel where all of a sudden, you know, you're dealing with vampires and then werewolves. And all of a sudden you have like fairy courts and all these other things. And he starts kind of building up to the point where it's like, I think he honestly got his wish of writing high fantasy. He just had to kind of get people used to the waters. Okay. And I've only gotten six books in, so I don't know how far it goes, but I'm assuming... He keeps bringing in more and more to, to world build. Yeah. Well, okay, so we're talking about this character. Who is this character? We talk about the Dresden okay. Files by name. I don't so, think any of the books are actually called the Dresden Files, right? No, no. None of them are called the Dresden Files, but he, he writes them as a, a case file. Okay. Yeah. So first person first, narrative. Yeah. So the first, the, the first book, um, he doesn't really describe himself. So he, his age is, it was kind of a mystery mm-hmm. until, you know, he's a, you get a lot. So he's about 25 years old. All right. That's pretty young. And, and so, um, so Zach, if somebody would come tell, <laughs> I looked at Zach too. Zach. I, was, I could feel your eyes on me. <laughs> hey so, kid, hey kid. I have I have a story. Hi boy, about, you're not a wizard yet. About a guy who's a wizard, yeah. who's an orphan, who yeah. after a run-in with somebody who's very powerful in uh, up to nefarious plots, yeah. is defeated. Yeah, he's taken under the wing by a, a, I don't know, say an older wizard, a more a mentor, a mentor, yeah, mentor yeah. yeah, right. And so it sounds it sounds a lot like. A plot from another popular series, right? Yeah, a little bit. But the twist Rhymes here... Rhymes Schmary Schmatter. <laughs> Bless you. But the twist here is, yeah, it's it's a more grown-up thing. Yeah. It's, it's, um, and it's a little bit more grounded reality. And what makes Harry different is that... Um, different than Harry. Different than yeah, Harry. Harry Dresden yeah. versus Harry Potter. <laughs> it's the American style of casual um he's not really following the the rules he, okay. he's he's not the well I, I guess i better just do this because people in authority told me to do it so okay. he's like he's a little more reckless that wild it, west mentality yeah it does in, seem solo yeah, yeah. exactly yeah. he's in, the rogue yeah, yeah. in D yeah. he would be chaotic good because yeah. he's a yeah. good guy now i, wa- I want to bring this up just because you kind of dovetailed into it nicely but you talked about how these are more kind of adult novels and I want to bring this up just so people don't go diving in midway through this episode with their kids and start reading these to them because these are more grown-up tales. Is that they're it, it, they're not explicit Dang in that it. regard, but <laughs> well, Zach, his, okay? his descriptions are very descriptive. I just took a drink and almost yes. spit on the microphone. His descriptions are very descriptive, but it never gets to like romance novel well, type levels. It seems like he's unpopular with women, and he's very well, sure of that. He's right? oh, no wonder you like these books. Oh, <laughs> take it easy. I relate. Okay, Joel. I feel like we need to hear like a parents' guide. Oh, yeah. on this so, series. Oh, yeah. Because so, there there are descriptions of uh, relationships. Um, and passions that are a little more adult in nature. Okay. Nothing, like I said, nothing romance level, romance novel level tough. So like it's not, it's not terrible, but it's there. No Fabio. No Fabio. Okay. Also, uh, language wise, generally speaking, you're 
gonna encounter an F word or two in each novel. Oh, some yeah. significant, some significantly more. Like I think the most. I actually, I looked up. <laughs> yeah, but you have numbers. You have stats. I looked up. Yes, I, I yeah. looked up uh, the uh, on Reddit. Thank you, Reddit. Uh, someone went through and counted the number of F words per book and gave them an FTW ratio. Uh, the F words divided by 0.001% of the word count for that book. And so they went through and figured out which book had the most. And so in the first book, there, there are two, and these, these are like, uh, what would you say? Exclamatory. 200 pages, 300, like 200 page novels. They're not long. They're yeah. not super long. And audio version, none of them are over 16 hours. They usually fly between 14 and, yeah. and 15 hours. These are okay. fairly quick reads, but at the same time, you know, they're significant novels. This isn't like Goosebumps. Like, there's thickness to these books. Take yeah. it easy. Uh, I mean, in length, in length, in thickness of book. <laughs> they help form a childhood. But the first one has like two. The second one has 14 uh, F words. The fifth one has uh, five. And so it's okay. kind of, they, they kind of go around there. They're, they're usually single digit. But yeah. it, they, they so are the first there. book is like PG thirteen. Second book is rated R. If that's just, and just because mostly language and and well, there is some violence too that happens in these novels. But these are crime dramas on like HBO or something like that. These this is that kind of even sometimes like CBS like in some yeah. of those crime shows they're really really dark. Yeah. So I'd say this kind of matches that tone. As and I well. just I just want to yeah. set that tone for people because this is like I said these are very kind of I don't want to say light and fluffy because they're not, but they're they're easy reads. But there is some adult content in there as well. Like this isn't like thick Cimmerillion type mm-hmm. fantasy. This feels like cool dad paperback novel style. Yeah. That's yeah. what it seems yeah. like to me. Like a Louis L'Amour for those that are inclined towards magic. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. I, I would say that that's a that's right. A and good. having what? 17 books you said? Yeah. That, that's a ton. The artwork. Yeah. I will say the artwork on each cover is a lot of fun. Like they're very well done. They like have different color schemes and different occurrences that are going on. And one of the things I love was going through and looking at the cover. And then at the point of the book, I realized, oh, that's that part in the book. It's on the cover. So I like going back and look at that. But yeah. So yeah, covers are also good. Okay. So without getting into many spoilers, back to Harry Dresden. Does he have a goal or is it just to make money? Right. And like, does he have a greater purpose? Does he know he has a greater purpose or anything like that? He has a certain um, way of viewing the world Mm -hmm. and he considers himself a, a misogynist. Which is funny because a lot of people get after Jim Butcher specifically because of how he he writes his portrayal of right, but it's character based. In, 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 yeah, but he he has this sense of chivalry, and, and you know, if I see a a damsel in distress, which I you know goes along with this noir thing, I will do the right thing. I will try to help her, regardless of what her motivations are, regardless of how much trouble he will get himself into. But it's almost mm-hmm. like a, a begrudging thing at times, where he's like, ah, dang it, I got to go help her. Yeah. And yeah. it's kind of this funny thing where he is, he's the rogue. He's the rogue type character like Han Solo where he's like, I got to do the right thing, even though I don't want to. It's kind of a fun attitude to have. And so, and he, he will usually get himself in over his head quite often. Um, and as, 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 as the stories progress, he progresses in power. But again, he's always getting in over his head. And okay. he's always got to use his wiles to get himself out of situations that... So each book is its own story, right? But they're somehow connected. They yes. kind of build upon each other. Is there a different big bad in each book, or is there a grand big bad? Who is the nemesis to Harry Dresden? Well, he has a lot of people that he goes up against. In the first book, he's fighting uh, a dark wizard. In the second book, he ends up encountering not one or two, but four different kinds of werewolves. Okay, yeah. and that's and it's another great thing is that he that the author puts so many of these bad guys in. That and that's he, one thing that appealed to me, especially in that book, is that he creates this. 
mythology where it's like, okay, there's lycanthropes and then there's loop gurus and these are different types of werewolves. And here's, here's the differences between them. It's almost like a, a J.R.R. Tolkien type thing mm-hmm. where he's building kind of this world where it's like, these are the different types of werewolves. These are the different type of vampires. These are different type of fairies. And you kind of start believing it as you go along. And so there are certain people that are in charge of these different organizations. Some of them are actually immortal. And, and he's got, you know, he, he's got to uh, find a way of balancing all of these, all of these things and solving cases for his clients because he feels a duty to help them. At the same time, early in his life, he got in trouble with the, the ruling council of the, the White Council of Wizards. And so when we first meet him, he's under threat. Basically, he's already committed a crime and they're going to execute him if he screws up again. Mm-hmm. So he has this foil in the wizard council and specifically one of their um, law enforcement guys, a warden named uh, Morgan. And so we have him. And of course, as the story progresses, yes, he's in several of these books and he's a recurring character and you've got the recurring characters in the red court. He sometimes will vanquish, which is vampires. Uh, oh yes. V- vampires. Yeah. I was red, like, red, okay. Court is red court vampires. Yeah, red court. Sorry. Okay. Sorry. There's yep. red, red court. Uh, there's white court. There's black court. And each of these, once again, each of these vampires have a different purpose in this world. Okay. Yeah. So for example, if the, the, like when I say red court vampires, these are your classic movie. They wear skin and uh, look normal, but underneath says, their skin. He says wear skin. Yeah. Right. I'm kind of, this is one of my favorite things about the vampires in, in this, in this universe is that they are wearing like a skin suit and when they like vampire out they like tear through the skin and they're these horrible bat-like beasts okay and it's kind of cool Uh, that would be dc's man bat (laughs) oh yeah yeah exactly man bat right but then there's also the black court vampires that are very much and he even references bram stoker in it and saying Uh, oh yeah they're they're the bram stoker vampires and then my my personal favorite the white court vampires and i don't know if this was a a jab at at stephanie meyer but they're the they're the ones that are most human-like and they don't have a a monster that is exposable they feed off of uh, human emotions Mm -hmm. and they use lust and should have called them the sparkle court (laughs) and so yeah but but they don't sparkle they're and he says they're more dangerous because they are the closest to yeah they, they can blend in yeah yeah Interesting. The interesting thing about it is that, like you said, Kent, there there are big bads, mm-hmm. but they come from both sides because you have like the wizard court, which hates him. Right. And then you have the police chief that hates him. And so sometimes you'll get antagonistic behavior from the one side or the or magical side or the real world side. And it's he doesn't actually he doesn't have too many friends, to be honest. Like he, he works with uh, Lieutenant Murphy. Yeah. And Murph. she Murph. Murph, yeah, Murph. and she helps him out. She's a cop who just kind of she knows somewhat. And, and of his yeah, magic and you abilities. have and, and throughout throughout the novels, she gains more. He gains more trust and is able to share more with her because he doesn't want to get too many people involved. Again, he feels the uh, the desire to protect Chicago. That's his home mm-hmm. city, and so and he also has. I mean, think of it like Batman, mm-hmm. because Batman has his ga- his gallery of rogues, right? Those crazy villains like Joker and Penguin. And that's what I'm wondering. Is there a Joker here? But he also has kind of a, what is it, Marcone, Marconi family? Yeah. 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 All the yeah. mob bosses. Mar- Marcone. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. The- well, and in Harry Dresden, he has Marcone, mm-hmm. the mob boss. Okay. And so once again, you have these kind of fantastical villains and you have real world crime villains. Okay. So you mentioned this is in Chicago and there is magic that exists. Is this like a men in black thing where if someone on the street sees magic happen, they forget about it or do they go... That was unexplained. I don't know. There, there are certain justifications, but by whom? But, like 
the white council? Do they tell people? Uh, nobody gets directly involved. People watch him do wizard stuff and they still don't buy it. Okay. I think it's magic. Um, I think it's hokey. Mm. Yeah. Uh, early in one of the, one of the characters, uh, one of the ladies works for a, a newspaper, the Midwestern Arcane. So it's a small newspaper and they do reports on supernatural occurrences. Okay. And nobody takes it seriously except for the It's like a blog, basically. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And but so it's also funny because his magic, it's not polished. Like he calls it kaboom magic. Like it's, it's very kind of blunt force. I kind of know what I'm doing. I'm going to give it a shot. Like if someone were wearing a pair of handcuffs, for example, and he wanted to get the handcuffs off, he would use a spell and it would burst the handcuffs. Might also break their wrists. Okay. Yeah. It's not polished. It's kind of brute strength. Um, he calls is, it thug magic. Is there a reasoning as to why? Uh, did, did you mention like why he's a wizard? Just born that yeah, way? Yeah, origins. How far into oh, origins do the books yes. go? Yes. So he, he qualifies as both a wizard and a sorcerer for those D&D um, oh, handicapped like, people. <laughs> yeah. It feels like the same thing to um, me. Yeah. A wizard is somebody who studies to gain magic. And a sorcerer is somebody who inherits their magic. Who's okay. born with it. It's so he does that. have a supernatural mother and a uh, stage magician father who's just an illusionist. Okay. Um, and so there are people um, that have differing levels of ability, uh, okay. practitioners, as he refers to them as. Um, some people are low level that he ends up working with. But usually the more powerful people come by it through a, not necessarily a bloodline. But mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so there, so is... Harry is born with some measure of of uh, magical gift, ability, yeah, magic. and then ha has learned more along yeah, the way. He, he studies to do his own thing, yeah. He's cool, and he does like like Stephen said, he does progress and get more powerful as the books go on. Yeah, and he learns more and can do more. Yeah, and and um, there are other wizards that that excel in other types of magic. Some are mind magic. Is it like a mind control thing? Oh, but that's that's illegal. That's, oh, that's, that's, that's one, one of the that's seven, that's broken that's rules. Illegal. Seven, laws. seven broken We rules. told you not to bring that up. But yeah, yes, yes. There are people that can, you know, you don't you don't mess with time. You don't resurrect the dead. There it's are seven people rules that of magic. Do you know the, the seven rules of magic? Uh, yeah, I, I have them here. It's, it's, uh, let's, I just want to build this notes. world here. Yeah. Like yeah. if you can name the seven rules of magic that, that the magical world is not allowed to do, Ready? I think that will help people understand. The and, seven rules of magic. And even if you don't <laughs> know one. the rules of magic, if you break one, they will kill you because you broke the laws of magic. It's not so like the... Uh, but the, will they have to catch you doing it or will they automatically know? And they have ways of investigating. Okay. And that's, um, that's one of the reasons Harry's in trouble is for... Uh, using magic that he shouldn't have used. So they have an internal affairs of wizards. But it's is it like there's actual consequences, not like the unforgivable curses in Harry Potter, which are like, yeah, there we shouldn't do those. But if you do, like whatever. But <laughs> if you, it, yeah. if, if I'm pretty you, upset. Stop bashing on Harry Potter. <laughs> well, I have them right here. I just pulled it up. So we have uh, thou shalt not kill. Good one. Okay. Thou shalt not borrowed. Thou shalt not transfer. <laughs> <laughs> Slightly borrowed. It's a basic rule. Okay. Uh, thou shalt not transform others. Uh, what about personal trainers? Uh, that's okay. Okay. If you get shredded, you're cool. Yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, thou shalt not invade the mind of another. Joel, okay. get out of my mind. Thou shalt not enthrall each other. What is that? Oh. Another. Thou shalt not enthrall another. Don't make people fall in love. Hey. Uh, uh, hey. You're 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 gonna you're gonna question the enthrall in the mind thing, aren't you? Yeah. Uh, enthralling them is it, binding their will. So maybe you're not necessarily getting into their brain, but you make deals with them. Oh, okay. That they become... Because 
if I have to stop wearing Axe body spray, <laughs> right? <laughs> just your magical ability <laughs> to stop enthralling women. I mean, <laughs> you're a smolder. Is, and the is, smolder. And it yeah. enthralls me I need daily. to cut that out. Uh, yeah. Number five, thou shalt not reach beyond the borders of life. We talked okay, about that, that one, not, not raising the dead. It's basically genie rules. And bring people back from the dead. Exactly. Second time I made that joke, I'm sorry. Thou shalt not swim against the currents of time. So don't mess with time, Hermione. And thou shalt not open the, the outer gates. <gasps> Cross the streams. Is that... Is that now, like afterlife or so there 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 is regular world and then there's the oh. the magical never never like that a you parallel can world. Okay. Yes. But there is also the outside gates. And that comes up way later in the in, in the without in the, can you give an allusion to another story? Um, uh, that's the shadowy place. We don't go there. It's yeah, yeah, it's yeah, the Pride Lands not, in the Shadowy yeah, Place. It's, exactly. it's out outside of the universe. So there's I guess I would say there's, there's no multiverse there. Old gods, like the Titans and Hercules, or like no, Cthulhu. O- no, o- Odin. Odin is in is in this reality. Oh, spoiler alert. <laughs> so, but that thing is, they have to follow these rules. But it's also like some of the things they do. Well, it I, seems like a basic wizard wouldn't do these anyways, right? Well, well he has to see some people don't. Yeah, he's got to skirt the lines. In the first book, he has to figure out how somebody's doing, how somebody's killing people with magic, and he's like, I could research it and find out, but if I'm caught. You know, figuring out how to do checking these. out how to kill people with magic in the library. The, Once again, uh, Big Cell brought to you by the library, your local <laughs> library. Yeah, if I get caught, I'm going to end up dead because they're going to come kill me for doing dark wizardy stuff. Hmm. Yeah, and so so he's always. It seems like he's always kind of. He knows that he's you walking that fine line, and he's barely making rent at the same time. It just seems like life seems like an uphill battle for this guy. Well, it not, not even just making rent. One of my favorite things about the novel is the fact that when you're a magical being, when you have magic, your magic interferes with electronical devices. So, like, he oh lives, man, he can't text people. No, so well, he he's his thing. If he if he uses it, it will just start to kind of malfunction. So he lives in this very basic apartment with like a wood burning stove. His gun he uses is a, a six shooter revolver, like very basic. Lot the less mechanical moving parts, the easier it is not to mess up. Okay, okay. he said he says anything after the after World War Two. Oh, is subject to. I mean, he drives a, a Volkswagen Beetle because. It's reliable. They're very simple yeah. machines. Yeah. yeah. And it's so reliable, so, though. I don't know. <laughs> They're like Legos. The upkeep on them. Oh, yeah. his his is very reliable because he's got a good mechanic. Okay. So yeah. Joel brings up a good point. Well, but he, he has a gun. Right. But what I was going to say is I actually, that's one of the things I've always remembered from this book is that m- wizards they mess like, with electronics. They have like an EMP radiation because sort of Because I'm yes. convinced my wife is a wizard <laughs> because her phones that she gets will start to malfunction for no reason. They'll start glitching and being weird. And I'm like, what did you? She's like, I didn't do anything. And I'm like, you must be a wizard. Like she said to me the other day, her phone was malfunctioning. And I said, what's wrong? She's like, I don't know. I'm a wizard. Because <laughs> of what you said <laughs> so I've much. said to her so many times. <laughs> so yeah, that's one of the things that I really stuck with me. And I like that kind of mytho- that limitation it puts yeah. on him. Because he can't just go up to, co- he can use computers, but it's like, I'll see if it works or not. Because yeah. he doesn't okay. know. So once again, again in the second book, he's traveling through a, a hospital and he's like, I got to go the back ways. I don't want to pass by somebody in the ICU and shut down there. Ah, okay. Yeah. And so he, you know, again, the, the grounding in a little bit more reality. He'll take the stairs instead of elevators. Yeah, it's a limitation that makes it more interesting. So he has a gun. 
does he have a wand? Like, how does he um, fight the bad guys? He doesn't have a wand per se. Uh, he has a staff, which he uses to focus his magic. He can do magic without it, mm-hmm. but it protects his mind, and he's able to do uh, more delicate operations if he has these magical focuses. So he does yes. have a staff. Um, he has what he calls a blasting rod, which would basically be a wand, but he doesn't use it to do anything other than fight the bad guys. It's like a billy club almost. Yeah. Okay. So he uses, oh, but these. he's not like a fighter. It sounds from the first book. The impression I got is he just likes to solve crimes, help people out. I don't know why he's so tied to our world. And his dad was human, I guess, but I, I didn't really catch why. Maybe that was important to his origin story. Or like, why can't he just be a wizard doing cool stuff? Other than the fact that he may be killed by well, others, right? And and he does get called on it a couple of times. Mm-hmm. Um, even from other wizards, you know, why are you getting so involved? And that's one of the things the council doesn't like is that he runs an ad in the newspaper. Right. So is there a reason for him to do so? That's not spoilery? Like to help us out? There, well, he again, it's, more interesting? It's, it's his obligation. It's, it's, his, it's his character trait of I'm going to do good. I feel responsible because of the abilities I have. So I, but he I don't likes to say, get the reward at the end. He's kind of like the uh, in the westerns. He's the cowboy that wants the bounty at the end. Yeah, because he still yeah. needs to get by. Ultimately, yeah. he does. Although sometimes um, yeah, he would, does forego payment for oh, to be the bigger of, man or something of those like westerns. That. Yeah. yeah, right. And and I wouldn't go as far as to say it's with great power comes great responsibility type of thing. But he does. Feel, it seems like a medium power or medium responsibility. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Again, he's a good guy, and he wants things just done flawed. right. And, and so when he sees people using the magic of the, you know, the magic creation, it makes him mad that people use it to destroy things. Okay. So. By the way, I want to, I want to clarify, I did misspeak, misspeak, I misspoke before sure. uh, that the page counts, I'm looking at this and I said about 200 pages. The first one's about 287, but they get up into like 300, 400, 500. And the last novel was actually 600 pages. A couple more things I just want to bring okay. up real quick. Can you mention up side, side stuff? I want to talk about side characters. Okay. A couple oh. of my favorite things about it, uh, Bob, first of all. Bob the Skull. Bob is, an, is a, a skull. It's in his apartment. Mm-hmm. That's basically kind of like, you know the butler? Like, it's like Alfred in Batman. Yeah. It's like kind of like that, but he's a skull. He's this haunted skull that kind of communicates with him, and he helps him and talks through things through with him. And the skull, Bob, he is, it's a spirit trapped in there, and the spirit can wander around a little bit Mm -hmm. but he has to be back in the skull before daylight hits otherwise he's gone but he'll actually inhabit uh the cat uh what's the cat's name mister mister that's right it's 30 pound gray cat it's a big cat like 30 pound cat i don't know if you know how big that is but it's a big cat but he talks about mister all the time and i don't know for some reason that's endearing to me that he has this big dumb cat that he hangs out with he doesn't seem like a cat guy to me but uh, Bob and Mister, like it's one of those things where I'm like, I really like whenever there's scenes with those two because Bob has kind of a sense of humor about him, yes. and he's kind of the, not, I don't want to say comic relief because it's not exactly you know joke punchline, but he does bring some levity to the books, which I enjoy. And okay. Mister's just a big dumb cat, which is great. And they're and, in every book. Um, yeah, Mister Bob. Bob is pretty much his lab assistant. So anytime okay. he needs to do, cause because he can't have a laptop that we're all looking at right now. Um, <laughs> he, he has this lab assistant that remembers because he's a spirit of, of intellect. He remembers things that he's, that he's given. And so, because he's been through so many wizards and has helped him with their research, if he needs, it's like, yeah, kind of like when, uh, is this a spoiler alert for supernatural? When Sam and Dean find a place where they can hang out and actually do some research and they have right. books and libraries and things yeah. like that. And they can look up. It's kind of like that where he'll go in his back room and he'll 
draw a circle and, and do some incantations and bring up a spirit and talk some spells into him. Like they can bind spirits like in Supernatural, like mm-hmm. put that, you know, kind of like a salt circle and him. whatnot. Yeah. yeah kind of like that. Like it's, it, if you like Supernatural, you're probably going to like the Dresden Files. I'm just saying. That's probably all you needed to say. We should have started with that. Started with that. Yeah. Dang it. Yeah. Here we are. Okay. I, well, um, I like that they do these little jokey type things where, for example, I, I talked about the cover art earlier. Mm-hmm. Almost every single cover art has Harry Dresden wearing this big, broad-rimmed hat. Right. But he doesn't wear a hat in the books. In fact, it's kind of this running gag where, like, in a couple novels down the road, he actually says someone tries to give him a helmet, and he's like, no, I don't do hats. Like, it's this running gag where he doesn't wear hats in the novel, but on the cover, he's wearing a Just to make it look more epic? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Kind of, I like, kind of like Steven on the cover art. We're going to make him yeah, wear precisely. a cool hat. You're going to be wearing a hat. Okay. I'm, I'm in. <laughs> okay. So we, we've talked all about the world, who Harry Dresden is, who some of the villains are. Let's start recommend, recommending this if we can. Like, who would you recommend this for? I think because um, it's an, an urban fantasy, I mm-hmm. think it does cross boundaries. People that um, that like the fantasy aspect, I think there is definitely not necessarily just a hint or a little sprinkling. I mean, there's there's a couple of series that that have a little bit of supernatural stuff, but I think there's enough magic involved in here that I mean, there's there's a, a knight and a dragon. How do you how do you put that into an urban fantasy? Okay. okay, but he does. But he does, and there's he manages to make it. And I haven't read this novel, but there's literally a meme you sent us where it talks about uh, Harry Potter says, you know, hey, I, I defeated a Dark Lord when I was a child or something like that. And, and then he says, you know, I actually defeated a Dark Lord riding on top of a reanimated Tyrannosaurus Rex, which that's in the books. <laughs> I'm in. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's funny that they can get to that point where there are dragons and knights, Knights Templar yeah, that yeah. show up and it's well, all kind of... Knights of the Cross. Knights of the that, Cross. That's, that's right. the other thing that yeah. not only is he, he putting in this fantasy stuff, he also has a very good treatment on um, religious people. One of his his good friends, I would say the, the conscience best friend, mm-hmm. has a big family. He's a uh, religious Catholic. He goes out and helps him fight uh, these supernatural bad guys with a sword. And there's three of them that have a, a nail worked into the cross or a nail from the cross worked into so like the they're blessed and holy uh okay what's the word so for it using holy relics to relics fight. that's it okay and and uh and it's very even treatment it's a it's not necessarily i don't think it comes off as cheesy or or really preachy well it's almost it sounds almost like the way indiana jones treats religious yes. artifacts yes. yes i would say similar to that okay yes where it's like <laughs> they exist they're real they have power i'm into that and then, of course, he fights the bad guys that, you know, there's 30 of these guys with, with silver coins, mm-hmm. and each one of them has a fallen angel connected to him. Okay. Um, yeah. And it really is like, I mean, if you picture, and once again, I'm going to draw an analogy here. We've talked about uh, references to uh, Supernatural and to mm-hmm. uh, uh, Harry Potter. Show, Harry yeah, Potter. Sure. Yeah. But also Mandalorian. It's a thing where he's trying to get a job done. And then inevitably he'll be set on a side quest where it's yeah, like, right. I just want to do this thing. Okay. Before you do that though, you got to help me do this. And he's like, ah, yeah. but that's the thing. The whole point of the story is he just wants to get the job. He just wants to get paid, but he ends up having to protect the world. Like it's not just about finding out, you know, this lost item. All of a sudden it becomes, oh, this lost item is tied to this, which is tied to this, which could end the world. So I've got to stop it. Right. Yeah. See, it feels and, like a West, uh, really like a Western. You made the comparison, but it, mm-hmm. It's, that's intriguing and it's a good structure for all the stories to take place. It sounds. Yeah. And so I, I feel like that if, if that, you know, the idea of a fantasy is appealing, 
he's still that that you know hard bitten detective that mm-hmm. you know he gets beat up because he's messing with the wrong people. You know. Okay, so this sounds like if you were a semi experienced reader with some of those books behind mm-hmm. you or pop culture TV shows or movies behind you, then it would be okay to approach this series because I think the downside here is that this is a novelization. Like, I mean, these are novels. Yeah. And there is no real, maybe canonical show or movie. Should we jump into that? I We can, but I mean, like, real quick, well, my, it my is harder for people this, to jump books. into books. Yeah. Well, right? uh, like, I'm looking at it. There are how many books? 17. 17. And this is over a, a, a 20 story arc, potentially, maybe. He started writing in 2000, and just last one, his last two just came out in 2020. Yeah. So there's 25 actually is what his plan 25. is. 25. So there's a Yikes. lot, a lot to come. So is it one single through line of story? If I, if I want to jump in, do I have to just Google what's the order? The, the first few novels, he does a lot of re-explaining for those, you know, experienced readers when he describes how he's operating, when he describes like his, he calls his car, the blue beetle and he describes it. And I think the first four books, yeah. Um, he describes how he makes potions in the first several books. But as you get along, so I would say if you're going to start out at the beginning, a lot of people say that his books do increasingly get better with the exception of the second one. There's a lot of people that say the second one is the worst. Okay. Oh, really? Good to know. The second book, yeah, which is Full book, Moon with full, the Werewolves? With full Moon with the Werewolves, which, huh. again... It's, a, it's New Moon. Nah, no, it's not. What do you think this is? The white cord of vampires? And that's, and that's not full moon as in F-U-L-L. It's F-O-O-L. Yeah, that's right. Moon. Oh, shoot. Yeah. Like Artemis right. Fool. So, yeah. I just Get want, it? Get it? By the way, I just want to run through quickly. I'm going to run through these titles just so you get an idea of... All the of them. Okay. Well, just... Yeah, sure. Stormfront, Full Moon, Grave Peril, <laughs> Grave Peril. Uh, get it? Ghost uh, Stories. Grave. Summer Night, K-N-I-G-H-T, uh, Death Masks, Blood Rites, Dead Beat, Proven Guilty, White Knight, Small Favor, Turncoat, Changes, Ghost Story, Cold Days, Skin Game, Peace Talks, and Battleground. Skin Game's my favorite, for sure. <laughs> um, so, um, no friendly. Family friendly. What you talked about in the earlier novels, there's maybe some stuff that it's explains, but once you get the hang of it, I mean, so I, I'm thinking about, you know, maybe two different versions, right? You've got, n- not to make another comparison, but your Harry Potter, right? There's clearly year one, year two, year three. But then you have, like, I really like the James Bond novels. And, yeah, they all may have come out in a certain order. And, yeah, they take place at some point in his life. But, really, they're all kind of self-contained missions. And if you have a certain amount of knowledge and you can read any James Bond book in any order you want, is it like that? Or would you recommend an order? I would recommend an order because he gets in over his head. There are certain consequences to actions that... that that follow him. That follow him around. Okay. Well, but also, I, like I think you could. Stuff. I yeah. think you could jump into any book and get the concept of the book. But then, when like a character walks in, like, oh, there's Toot Toot, actual name of the character. What? There's no. a yeah. the fairy named Excuse Toot Toot. You, but, yeah. uh, but then, it, like, she shows up, and you're like, oh, it's her again. And if you've read the novels, him. you know the backstory. Yeah, him. Sorry. Yes. Sorry. Oh, uh, Joel, like, how could you get that wrong? I was yeah. looking at Susan Rodriguez at the time when I said service to Toot Toot. Uh, but no, toot, listen, toot. toot Toot's awesome and. <laughs> Kent, you'll like Toot Toot. He is. I like Toot Toot, okay? But like, I mean, and Supernatural, Supernatural does this too, where like someone will show up and it'll be like, dun, 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 they've returned. Oh, and from I, season two. And I'll be like, yeah. I don't know who this person is. Okay. And it doesn't have the same impact. So I think you could jump into any of the novels that interest you, but it will it's, have more impact. It's just going to be a better experience if, if you get the running start order. into okay. it. So you just have to Google the order. and So you're asking people to like, honestly invest or just yes. are you saying because here's the thing you're recommending the, the series I to am. people 
And if they read Storefront, which I did, and yes, I am interested to read more or listen to more. Same thing. But some people want to meet those seductive fairies. I want to get to skin game. And then I'm no, good. Stop. Family friendly. <laughs> but <laughs> I'm being family friendly. It's the title of a book. Mm. But people may stop reading after Stormfront or halfway through because it is a slow burn. It's a slow detective story up until there's a lot of crazy stuff happening, right? And that may be the only thing they ever read. Are you proud enough of that first book to really recommend that first? Or is book five the best or something like that? Or do, or do you think just it makes sense to start from the uh. beginning and just know? You're going to have to read three or four books to get there. I would say that, the, the, yes, there's an investment. I'm asking everybody within the sound of Bacon Sale podcast. That so, so the this, listener. The, yes, the lis- listener. <laughs> and me. Take my advice. And Zach, yeah, start reading them. Start okay. reading them. And you won't turn. Um, I have uh, a couple of guys at work. I've been talking about this. I've been preparing because this is the highlight of the year right now is doing Bacon Sale. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's a sh- it's early in the year. You'll <laughs> <laughs> you'll surpass this. Yeah, it's fine. But I recommended, you know, so I told everybody I'm doing this, and that this is the episode they're all going to listen to. So I'm going to, you know, they're going to hey, talk about toot toot. Yes, <laughs> yes. Toot toot. It made your pain. <laughs> toot, toot. Good reference. Oh no! Wow, oh. a major pain reference. <laughs> um, but uh, James specifically and Brent started these novels. I, they they download. I talked them into downloading the novels. Friends of yours, yeah. James made it through the first three books in the first week, and then uh, Brent is on book six now. Within the last wow. couple of weeks, another another gal, Christy, she's already up to the twelfth one. I think. Are, are you saying people have so. extra time to to <laughs> consume things? Well, and I would say people that don't that are like because I get it all the time. Oh, books put me to sleep because I work overnights. But I'm like. Look, if you're mowing your lawn, you're doing your dishes, you're driving somewhere, mm-hmm. those activities will not necessarily allow you to get as distracted as, as easily. I mean, if you read a book, you have to sit down and read the book. If right. you sit down to listen to an audio something. Right. Folding laundry and, and whatnot, it's a good thing for that. As long as you've already listened to Bacon Sale for the week. Also, this uh, the first book, maybe first couple, are free on YouTube. Oh, free on YouTube? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. sounds right now. Joel likes free. That just perked him up right there. <laughs> I've already free. read the first okay. books. But books are hard, right? It's, but but good words friend, in general. A good, yeah, a good friend of but mine Steven, said words are hard. <laughs> but Stephen, why would I read the books when there is a television series toot, of toot. The Dresden Files? <laughs> okay, so... <laughs> yeah, ding, ding, I meant to say. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, there's a TV series, as Joel so perfectly said. Why not just watch that? Uh, because um, when they started the TV show, they didn't talk to the author. They didn't. Uh, he he was not talked to about doing the show. Sounds like Hollywood. Sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They they got the rights to it. Um, they offered the part to James uh, Marsters because of his involvement with the audio books, and they were filming in Canada. And he said, "I'm not moving my kids to Canada. Just film it in Los Angeles." Yeah, and he they, hates America's hat. And so everybody loves America's hat, not James <laughs> Marsters. Save it for our America's hat show. We will have that show. But, um, you know, and to his benefit, he did it for his kids. I'm sure it would have gained a little bit more popularity, but because there was no involvement of the people that we connect to the story. And then, of course, I don't want to say Hollywood always gets it wrong, but I feel like, I mean, Karen Murphy, his, his well, side cop. His his sidekick cop friend. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can't cast a blonde. 
little things like that. But I think the the deal breaker was but you Bob can't the cast skull. a blonde. You got to clarify that you can't cast a, bo- a blonde because <laughs> well, you just can't cast a blonde. You can't, you can't cast a blonde. I mean. <laughs> The can't cast a blonde. <laughs> cast a blonde. And I'm not. Tell, I'm not saying we have to be specific in every description of every character. But she, ever. Didn't, she didn't fit the type that you pictured in your mind. But yes, yeah. she didn't. I mean, we've we, we've associated this this blonde cop as the opposite of this tall, lanky, powerful. I can use magic with his cop, who's like, I'm in law enforcement. I can't do these things. Well, But she's still capable. And let's be real. This was a sci-fi TV series, right? This was a sci-fi original, which ran from January 21st, 2007 to April 15th, 2007. <laughs> oh, we're talking a half season order then. One, yeah, it was yeah. one season, 12 episodes, and it got canceled because, and I think it's because they didn't do it right. Who, who's, like they, who played Harry Dresden in this? Uh, Paul Blackthorne, which you don't know him. Oh, he's he was, the he dad plays in Detective Arrow. Lance yeah. in Arrow. Yeah. yeah, Detective Lance in Arrow. You, you've seen him a couple times, yeah. but he's kind of... He didn't do a terrible job. No, he was fine, Harry Dresden. I, I would have been able to handle that, but they, they cast Bob the Skull. He's a skull. He's lights. He's described as lights. They got a British butler guy. Yeah. And I was like... So I know. actually watched the first episode, and it was exactly what I expected because now when I will watch these movies, even if I'm not too familiar with the book series, I know there will be disappointment because generally they don't consult the authors or just disregard their material. And that's precisely what they did here. Did they just work off of a basic elevator pitch? Yeah, it's they like, said, Chicago wizard detective, go. Totally. And then yeah. there's going to be a kid that, that comes. in college. <laughs> Chicago, <laughs> Chicago, wizard detective. Chicago wizard detective, go. But it's weird <laughs> because they get some kid to come say, there's, there's monsters chasing me. And they make this, it, as every typical story, and it has nothing to do with the the dark world of Harry Dresden. Yeah, it's and it, not, it's a police procedural as yeah, well. Yeah, and it's it's not that detective noir that, mm-hmm. that it should have been. But I want to say it's not that it's bad. It feels bad, like cheap. But it's just kind of vanilla. It's okay. just like you know this kind of story Cana- you come Canadian. to expect. It feels very Canadian. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> it's like Zach want, is Canadian. I remember I watched it. I, I don't even know if I finished the series, but I watched a few episodes, and I just was kind mm-hmm. of like. Yeah, take it or leave it. It's not It's not the Dresden Files. Because I, I watched it after I read the books and was like, oh, let me see the TV show. I right. wasn't that impressed. No. So I'd recommend not watching it. Not because it's bad, but just because it's not It's not. Worth it obviously time. doesn't go anywhere because it's like 12 episodes, yeah. right? It's it's like watching The Dark Tower and saying, this is not the movie uh, series. Tell, yeah. uh, and they did the same thing in The Dark Tower. Where it's like from the kid's point of view and then it kind yeah, of... Yeah, yeah. Like the, that's not... Okay. So would you like to see this series adapted at all? Even given that some like young adult fiction adaptations have been so po- like poorly ruined, right? Yeah. Would you like to see this a movie, a TV series? How would you like to see it done? I I feel like this would make a great movie franchise. I, I think it really would. Each book is basically Harry Dresden's worst weekend, mm-hmm. and you know it scales up. Mm-hmm. So you're not seeing them fight the same. It feels like though there's so much in each novel that it would have to be like a, a Netflix series. You know what I mean? Like an ongoing. Because could you really fit a lot of what happens in those novels in a two-hour movie? And I guess that's true. I I, I guess a, a more of a more of a series based because you're right. There's there's a lot of depth to character. If if you were to see Johnny Marcone, the, the mob the mobster, boss, yeah, straight out of you know straight off the the big screen. You wouldn't have the depth because I think it's in book five. We find out a lot more about his motivations and why he became the top mob boss. In, but we don't need Chicago. to know that before then. He's like a one-dimensional character. Yeah. Until well, yeah. Yeah. Okay. You, you get a more sympathy right. for him a little bit. 
Okay. So yeah. yeah, I think a TV series would be the best way to do that. And, a streaming and, series. I and think. I would yes. say that... With a budget. Especially yes. since you talked about Joker, you want that rogues gallery. He is, I would say, probably the the most threatening villain he faces. Because he's, yeah, Marcon. A regular human mob boss. Yes, because he's aware of what goes on. And from his very first interaction with Harry... He starts developing plans on how to counter this guy who can be a thorn in his side. And he plays and the Mamba, and that's <laughs> unusual. Marconi plays the Mamba? Yeah, and it's... You, how do you play the Mamba? But then also exist. you have on the other side, Harry Dresden has that kind of Batman rule, but it's a little more serious because he can't kill using magic. Okay. Otherwise, he's in big trouble by the wizard court. And so he can't kill this guy, even though he has a couple opportunities when he can, but he just... Not able to. Okay. So I actually, now tell me if, if I'm off base here, but based on what I've heard, I actually think this would make an awesome open world video game. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So <laughs> you just really excited, Steven. <laughs> toot toot. <laughs> That's what we yes. say when we're excited toot. on this yeah. show. I was thinking about, I, I think about the uh, Batman Arkham franchise where you've, again, you've got the, those rogues galleries, you've got, you know, these different stories. You totally uh, could. I think uh, it sounds like it would be a really cool video game. Jim Butcher actually, I think, developed um, a role-playing game based like a, on like a card game. Yeah, well, yeah, like, but yeah, like I mean, like a like a tabletop game. Yeah, I mean. tabletop game. Save it for the other tabletop games. <laughs> Calm down. It's gonna be so many of those hipster tabletop games. Yeah, yeah I mean, it just uh, it seems like it'd be a cool way to, to go about that. Maybe tell some stories. I'll uh, yeah. the, the Witcher or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and then, then there's definitely there's a definitely enough material that that you could make a really good. Okay. So you I just need a passionate producer and director to get behind it and a recognizable enough star here because i don't think most of our audience knows who this character is or cares right and so they need yeah. it to be promoted by a certain star or director i feel but would you want that with someone that already something like you know well, i mean tom hanks in the role and he's well, i mean look at henry the cavill in the witcher him. right like it's a strange show really hard to follow but you have henry cavill in the lead role and it gets people to watch true that normally wouldn't that's true. But I mean, then you look at something like Stranger Things and it's like... Yeah. No names, right? No names in there. Winona Ryder was the biggest name going mm -hmm. on that first season. And yet it became a big hit because of the story it told. That's very true. It became a big hit because they spent a lot of money on marketing. <laughs> they did. And Netflix does that. That's why my prices keep going up. Yeah. Yeah. But I do wonder, like, if you had a choice, Stephen, who would you cast in the role of Harry Dresden? Like, if you're a casting director, picking from Hollywood actors... Anybody. Except Tom Holland. Oh, I wouldn't do Tom Holland. Thank you. I just, I, I'm sick of him. Thank you. <laughs> I don't know. That's a, that's a really good question. I in in my mind, I don't know if I personally would like to see somebody, you know, some a new face in there. Oh man, some something that would. It's my it's my same answer for uh, James why, Bond. That's why you're not going to make it in Hollywood, man. But yeah, it's not marketable. And I realize that that's you know again, I, I we live in a world of remakes and you know reboots, and. I I like the idea of uh, you know a new story you know I do mm -hmm. do we really need the Lord of the Rings again as a TV series I'm like what what was wrong with the previous Lord of the Rings that we need to to change money right <laughs> and again it's 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 a recognizable one but all I request for who they were who if they were to cast Harry Dresden all I request is that they have someone who can grow manly scruff I, I just picture him with manly, like Paul Blackthorn he has manly scruff I pictured Guy yeah. Pierce twenty years ago. Okay, uh, I can see that. Joel oh. Hilton? <laughs> that's Christopher Lambert oh, that's 20 years ago. Pierce. What? <laughs> yeah, Joel's Guy Pierce. How does that like, happen? It feels like maybe, what about like a, a Nathan Fillion back in the day? 
Mm, not as he's got to be a little more rough, less little, jokey. Little, little, yeah. Okay, little, yeah. little well, bit edge, sarcastic. To, to as be well. to be fair, somebody asked him if he was always a smart Alec. Yeah, there's like, <laughs> well, no, sometimes I'm asleep. So there is that that okay. element of fun. I mean, he does have a a certain disrespect for authority. Okay, what, so, a, what about Stephen Amell? He played Arrow. Not a good enough actor. No, uh, sadly, the guys wouldn't like he. He looks the part, but. Man, I could not take him that long on air. I like how we're fan casting at the end of this show. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. I feel like we're kind of, we've come to a natural conclusion on this. Yes. Except I really want you to just, you promised yourself you wouldn't do this, but I want you to come to the microphone and share your feelings. Maybe your, your, your top couple reasons that you need to recommend this to people. Why you've come on this show and you need people to get into this book series, which will be harder and what they should learn from you. Because book series are a time of this. Yeah. We can tell people to watch a movie in two hours of the life. That's Easy. all it takes. Yeah. But these books, you're reading them. Like you said, these are like, you know, 16-hour experiences if you're doing them an audiobook. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I would say... Double speed eight hours. Sure. Double speed, but man. Don't James, do double speed. James does Don't such do a good speed. job as... Uh, once I, I did a couple last couple double okay, speed. Okay, rule. So Same. number one, if you listen to him, James Marsters does the audiobooks. Yeah, and he does a great job. And I would right? say, yeah, that that would be my pitch for for the for listening to them on audio is that James does such a good job of actually acting out these characters and mm-hmm. bringing them to life. The characters themselves, I think, are interesting and dynamic. There are great foils for how this guy who has a lot of ability and a lot of basically temptation to take the wrong path and how he struggles with that to do the right thing, which I feel like in our lives, a lot of us, I mean, it's really easy to go ahead and fire back snarky comments on a social media post, but what? is that really the right thing to do? I, I mean, don't know. Online comments change the world. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So there's a, he's got a lot of destructive potential and I feel like the series really deals with how he gets himself in over his head, protecting people out of the goodness of his heart. Okay. So good characterization. Oh, yeah. Perfect. And and I like the villains. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they, the ones that are more closer to mortal villains are the, the interesting ones. Mm-hmm. Basically, if you're going to invest time in a TV series, I mean, we've all seen The Office. We've all seen Friends. You know, the new offerings. Which is basically the same story as Dresden Files. Friends is. <laughs> oh, basically. exactly. Exactly. If you like Friends, you'll like the Dresden Files. The one Files. where the <laughs> giant toad tried to eat me. <laughs> Yeah, so the, the, the time investment is totally worth it. And I feel like it's something that, that is easy to fit into your routine if you make an effort, especially if you have a, a long commute or something like that. And I really feel like... Or if you just like to curl up with a good book. Yeah. Or like my wife and I, we play video games and listen to stuff. So a podcast. Really? You listen to stuff as you play video games? Oh, yeah. Huh. Oh, yeah. So like Breath of the Wild, where it's a basically one-player game... We fire up podcast. You know, you got to start with bacon sale. That's of course. that's okay. the first. All right, you're you're here now. You don't have sold. To. <laughs> yeah, you know. And if you are starting with the first episode of bacon sale, that's a time investment. I, I definitely think that uh, this makes a good dovetail because there's enough content in these novels to to really um, appeal to a, a wide variety of uh, interests. Hmm. So if people give this a chance and there are three books in, even though book two isn't very good, you think they will become it, okay. fans. You like it okay? I like that. Okay. It has werewolves in it. I like werewolves. Yeah. So you think they'll become fans? Like uh, if they give it the time and patience for a couple novels, you think it'll win them over? Yes. Okay. Yes. 
And I, I, will, I will add that to that, that if you don't mind a little sauciness, because they do get a little saucy, that this is a fun kind of grounded fantasy tale mm-hmm. that it, it's unique from other ones. It really kind of does stand out. And there's little things like, like for example, there's this uh, power where you can open your third eye and it's like you can see, what do they call it? Wizard, wizard sight or something yeah, like that. Yeah, wizard sight. And you, it's this way of seeing the world and not the way we see it. But the problem is everything you see in wizard sight is permanently like burned into your brain. You see it always. I like that. And it's a cool like, concept. So the book I just went through at the very end, there was this demon and it has a appearance in our world. But he said, I don't want to open my third eye because I won't be able to unsee what it truly is. Yeah. And that to me, I love horror novels. I'll read yeah. Stephen King all day. Right. And this is thrilling enough without being too scary, but it has enough of the supernatural element to keep yeah. me interested. Well, and even like there's the other thing where like he, he can send out like his senses and he can do them a certain length. And then if he mm-hmm. pushes farther, he can push him out farther and like sense if someone's in a house or something like that. Cool. I've yeah. done that. I've you done, wait, you've done a- that? After reading the novels, I'll get like, if I'm like, wait, I'll like sit there, like kind of just close my eyes and just listen. And then I'll try to listen farther. And like just these little things that I picked up from the novel because it was something creative and new that I hadn't thought about before. But because I read the novels, now they're part of my psyche. Well, and, huh. and another thing is that he, he, you know, he talks about how people think wizards are, are you know, know things. He's like, I just focus on hearing things yeah you know it's not something supernatural he's he's he uses his regular senses as well yeah it's it's a unique character it's a unique story and it's one that i think that a lot of people a lot a lot of people maybe even the listener would enjoy yeah so yeah there's my addition to that as well love it zach where are we tipping you on this Um, everyone who's never read it how how lost do you feel right now honestly not terribly lost i think because of the different tie-ins but i gotta be honest with you this Actually sounds right up my alley. Yeah. Um, yeah, it sounds really cool. I actually think I'll, uh, I'm definitely going to check out at least the first book. Um, I'm sold. You going to finish the My Little Pony series first or are you just going to go right into this? Joel, it, it's too important. I got to get through that. For the third time, friendship <laughs> is magic. It, it is. is. <laughs> yeah, I think it, it sounds really interesting. And and again, uh, you know, you, you tell me that it's, you know, there's, there's, you know, th- these sort of references or Han solo and things or Western style. I mean, I like it all. That sounds good. Yeah. yeah. So and it also sounds like right up the bacon sale alley for like an, a sneaky October show, <laughs> which <laughs> it kind true. of is. It's not, it's not straightforward, like scary. Like it's not right. a horror novel, but it's just there's scary elements that happen in it. Does, it's like our cryptid bracket plus, you know, a uh, detective. Well, and, and yeah. The cryptid bracket would fit so well in this universe. I mean, it's it's got so many. Like he fights the three of Billy Goats, gruff. I mean, <laughs> they, and you just lost they, people. They, 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 <laughs> they, but but he makes it cool. Yeah, yeah. You know, he he that all of the things he ends up doing is is just everything's tied in so well yeah. that it's it's such an open expanse that he got ten books in or something like that and said, oh, I haven't I haven't added Bigfoot yet. <laughs> right so there's yeah. a, there's a, there's a whole there's a whole bunch of short stories about bigfoot okay yeah. well and that and i was going to say just thank you i was going to say Stephen, for bringing this to the attention because if nothing else you've at least exposed one listener to <laughs> to the world of harry dresden and the dresden files well even on this show we feel like we're pretty savvy on anything or at least we've done the research we and try joel, yeah and joel you knew a lot about this series but if this is a blind spot for me, and now it, it won't be anymore. Yeah. Well, and, and I like the idea of, of using Bacon Sales audience. Well, uh, well the, yeah, the no, listener. we do all the time. We, we use the listener. Yeah. We use the listener to, to expose them to, you know, because we do lots of movies on and TV shows and, 
and pop culture stuff. And I feel like it's time for us to dip our toe into some some novels and little book club, if you will. Oh yeah, Bang Sale Book Club. Hey, hey, don't do not. People get real excited if you say stuff like that. Yeah, I need to read more. But thank you, Stephen. Thank you for coming on here. Yeah, Is thank there you. anyone you'd like to to give a shout out to here at the the end of the episode? Yeah, I told everybody at work that this was the episode they're going to listen to because I'm on it. So I, you know, give give a what's up to everybody at work. I'll, we call that a toot toot to everybody. <laughs> a toot toot to everybody. <laughs> I'm not going to let that die, guys. Oh, no. <laughs> let it, let it. <laughs> um, everybody at work. And um, I try to talk to my, my kids into bacon sale. They'll, they'll occasionally listen to it. They're oh, my, my wonderful wife who, you know. Yeah, she she signed me up for the for the bacon council as the best investment. <laughs> I, I, You're here. <laughs> yeah, she's um, great though. Yeah, and and you know my my mom who read so many books to to me as a kid. But uh, yeah, so awesome. Okay, cool. Very good. Well, thank you, thank you. We really do appreciate it. And thank you, listener, for listening to. Let us know if you already knew about the Dresden Files or if this is something that was new to you. Let us know if you're interested. Let us know if you're not. We love hearing from you on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We're there. Totally. We listen. We reply sometimes. Before we go, we want to give a shout out to a couple of special categories of patron. In the I Am The Listener tier, we have Lady Terry Ann Finley of Wigtonshire, Sweet Bottom Cakes, Jessica Drought, Sean Sandquist, Just Plain Old Kyler, Jennifer Kilkowski, Braden Winterton, Babs, Alicia Bass, Adrian Gray, Glow Clen Daniel, Plot Twist Media, and Adam and Rachel Crump. Thank, Thank you. Thank you, I'm listener. And then on our Bacon Council, we have Nicole D. Hale, a.k.a. Hailstorm, Go Knights Go, <laughs> Chris Anderson, Ryan and Marley Farron. Oh, Marley got added. Steven Ross. Hey, Steven. Matt's, ah. Her Royal Highness, Jessica Terry. Our favorite couple, the Madsons, the Shadow, and Reverse Listener. Thank you, you so everyone. Much. We love you. Thank we you. really do appreciate you, patrons. You really help us keep doing what we're doing, and we really do appreciate that. So thank you. But if you want to find me, you can find me at 76Joel on Twitter. Or you can find me performing with QuickWits. They perform every Saturday night for free on Facebook. For more details, go to qwcomedy.com or go to the QuickWits Facebook page. If you want to find me on Twitter or Instagram, it's at Kenny3DD. If you want to read my movie reviews, it's ShowtimeShowdown.com. If you'd like to connect with me, you can do so on Twitter and Instagram at TumblingMustard. But more importantly, make sure you're following Bacon Sale. Like that page on Facebook, and you can follow on Twitter and Instagram at Bacon Sale. While you're doing that, stop by tpublic.com slash bacon sale and get yourself some merch like a Queenie's Grits phone case. <laughs> yeah. What a great choice. You can also go to patreon.com slash bacon sale if you want to support the show further. Uh, just $3 a month gets you a, uh, the perk of potentially maybe weekly bacon bits where we talk for 30 to 45 minutes. 45 minute bacon bit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we just we're did just, a 45 minute bacon bit. We join now. It's like a bacon just, bit. It's like we're good at talking or something. It's all about bowling. <laughs> <laughs> Patreon.com slash bacon sale. So until next time, toot toot. They're Make listening. the other they're, passengers they're, they're listen. They're listening already, okay? Listen! Millennial, thank you! Are you going to yell at me again? Don't yell at me. Everyone be quiet. I feel sensitive. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, honestly, just... <laughs> we Joel, stop that. with the library thing. <laughs> That's all we need to know. Well, it seems like he's unpopular with women, and he's very well, sure of that. He's right? Oh, no wonder you like these books. Oh, <laughs> take it easy. I relate, okay? No Fabio. No Fabio. Like, so innocent, but, but yeah, still offensive. You know how mad- that was a We told you not to bring that up. Giveable curses in Harry Potter, which are like, yeah, we shouldn't do those. But if you do, like, whatever. 
If you get shredded, you're cool. If I have to stop wearing Axe body spray <laughs> to stop enthralling women... Thanks. Once again, uh, Big and Cell brought to you by the library. <laughs> Skin game's my favorite, for sure. Oh, there's Toot Toot. Listen, Toot Toot's awesome. Kent, <laughs> you'll like Toot Toot. But Steven, why would I read the books when there is a television series toot, toot. of the Dresden Files? <laughs> I mean, you can't cast a blonde. Chicago wizard detective, go. It feels very Canadian. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> toot toot. I don't know. Online comments change the world. <laughs> Friendship <laughs> is magic. It, it is. is. <laughs> I am right? the everyman. Yeah. Not with those Muppet arms. <laughs>